What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. Before we get to our episode this week, I have some exciting news to share with you. If you've listened to any past shows, you might have heard some hints that I've been up to a book. That's right, Spitting Fire, your guide to reignite and maintain your passion at homework and beyond is coming your way. I've just finalized the final proofs. It will be ready. So if you would like to get your hands on a copy, you don't have to wait until August 18th. That's right. You can pre-order at spitfirecoach.com slash pre-order and you'll save 30%. I know it's crazy. I'll even sign the copy for you. Now, if you are in DC or will be in DC on August 17th, I would love to see you. We will have past guests of the podcast, Spitfires, all of this amazing energy to celebrate the release of Spitting Fire. If you'd like to attend, seats are going fast and they are limited. Head on over to spitfirecoach.com book, hit the event link, and I hope to see you then. And now for today's show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another amazing episode of the Spitfire podcast. Our guest today uh, was found by my favorite pastime, which is stalking people, uh, either on Instagram, but now we have a new source of guests, which is the Side Hustle School. She wasn't actually on it because she told me that this is her first ever interview on a podcast, so we got her first. So I told her we, we have good luck on this podcast. Miss Virginia is now Miss United States, so whatever our guest wants to speak into existence, I think we got a pretty good chance of it happening. Um, Chelsea Cole is the creator, the founder of this amazing blog called A Duck's Oven. Now, she's not cooking in a, in a duck, and she's usually not cooking duck, but I think you probably have cooked duck before. Um, and I think she has a slight, slight obsession with sous vide, um, and hopefully she'll tell us what that is. I know what it is because I watch a lot of Top Chef. Uh, but Chelsea Cole is going to talk to us about her experience of being on the Side Hustle School, which has turned into its own phenomenon and how she has pivoted her way up a side hustle, multiple side hustles, while working a full-time job, and kind of this ability to just go with the flow, and when you get knocked down, you keep going. So Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yay, so we are your first. Yes, um, I am a podcast binge listener, and this is something I've definitely dreamed about, but uh, yeah, you are my first, and I'm so, so excited. Sweet. So what did you think when, when you see this crazy DM in your Instagram box? <laughs> uh, well, so being on the Side Hustle School was honestly a little bit of a surprise for me, and since I was on, I've had multiple people just message me and say, hey, I found you via Side Hustle School. It was actually really funny because they didn't even tell me when my episode went live. <laughs> and so I found out because somebody had reached out to me on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, that's up? Like, I should probably go listen to that. <laughs> um, and so I had a couple people reach out to me on LinkedIn and then on Instagram, which is my personal favorite platform. So that was really exciting for me. And then I saw your message and I was like, oh my gosh, this could turn into a lot of cool opportunities for me. And I just had to jump on it. Yeah. So you are, you're basically like killing it on Instagram. Like the videos, you have fun colors. Um, I think Chris Gilbo, who was the host, was, was all about your Instagram. Um, but what, what gave you the inspiration of like, hey, I'm going to create a blog? Yeah. So back in 2010. So this is kind of when food blogs were just still becoming a thing. Um, so back then I was obsessed with the pioneer woman, Reed Drummond, uh, who still runs a really successful food blog, has her own show on the Food Network, all that stuff. Um, 
And I was in college at the University of Oregon. So that's kind of where the name of the blog comes from. It's called The Duck's Oven. My husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but now husband actually named it. And it's a play on, the, on Dutch oven. Um, but that was his- Which has his its own show. other reference. Yes. So it's just deep, (laughs) deep in there. Um, So I was in college and I had just kind of started cooking as a way um, to relieve stress. I was, you know, obviously in school, I was working a job um, and it was such a great outlet for me. I had never cooked in high school. My mom was a pretty good cook um, and it was just something she did. I might like bake cookies every now and then, but nothing like too extreme. Um, so I started teaching myself how to cook in college and totally fell in love with it. Um, I also really fell in love with this idea that college students shouldn't be bound to take out or something in their freezer, um, that they can teach themselves how to cook really, really basic things and still get nutritious meals and maybe even have fun doing it like I did. Uh, who knows? Um, so I decided to do my blog. Um, it was a little scary at the time because now everybody starts a blog, right? But um, at that time, it was only the big, big deal people that started a blog. Uh, so it was a little scary for me to actually do that and put myself out there, especially because I was taking photos uh, on a really crappy point and shoot or my ancient iPhone back then. Um, but once I did, I got really good responses from it and people uh, really liked my message. Uh, so I kept it going. And yeah, that was back in 2010. I'm coming up on my eight year anniversary of the blog. Wow. Yeah. So I know some people when they start to blog, you know, they might do a couple posts or they do it for a year and then they're like, yeah. So what's kept you going eight years strong? Yeah. So I have definitely had my ups and downs with it. I've definitely taken like a four month hiatus here and there, uh, maybe even longer at some points, because um, as you mentioned earlier, I have been working full time since I left college and it can be really difficult to juggle side hustles um, with a full-time job. So I have side hustles. I have a full-time job and I have my blog, uh, which I make side hustles do you have? <laughs> right now. It's, it's one side hustle with multiple clients. Um, so it just takes up a lot of my time. I can't help but keep myself busy. Um, and so as my career has changed throughout these past eight years, I have um, worked now, let's see, in three different fields uh, in my 20s. Um, so as my career has changed and I've worked um, different jobs with different time requirements, you know, my, my passion for blogging has, changed, has um, come and gone. But every time I go away from it and then I dive back in, I remember why this is, has remained a constant in my life. Um, it's such a great creative outlet for me. It's kind of my, um, it's my ultimate creative outlet. I'm kind of a, I'm generally a creative person, although I do, I am pretty well balanced between creative and analytical. Um, but this is my favorite thing that brings me the most joy. There are a lot of other creative outlets that I have that bring me joy, but this is like the ultimate thing. Um, and it's everything from creating these recipes, like just brain children that I have, bringing them to life, um, f- uh, photographing them. That has been something that's really evolved over the course of my blog. At first it was like, point and shoot, whatever. This is really what the dish looks like. It's going on. Um, and now I'm having so much fun playing with color and playing with style um, and really developing what my photos look like. Um, so that's, and so it's, I've been able to um, evolve the blog with what my passions are at any given time, but it's still with a focus on food and hopefully food that's really, really easy for people to prepare. Interesting. So I've talked to a number of people on this podcast and clients that I work with, and it seems that everybody has this 
different view of what their full-time, maybe their corporate job is versus their passion project or their side hustle. If you were to take your side hustle and make it your full-time, how do you think it would change things for you? So that's really interesting. Well, and by side hustle, do you mean, so my other, like my official side hustle that, um, is the most lucrative thing for me is digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So are you referring to digital marketing or the food blog? You can take that however you want. To okay. It. Um, so I will say, so when I started um, my career in my twenties, I really thought I wanted to work in the nonprofit sector. I thought I wanted to work with kids, um, which is something I'm still passionate about, but I, my bachelor's degree was in sociology with a minor in elementary education. And I totally planned on pursuing elementary education. Um, at the time, through all through college, I worked for the brain development lab at the University of Oregon, um, and I got a full-time job right upon graduation with them. I was the behavioral lab manager um, at the brain development lab, um, and this was, you know, provided really great experience, but it also opened my eyes to the fact that the nonprofit sector wasn't for me. Um, I really love the hustle and grind. Um, I'm still passionate about those things and I do volunteer sometimes um, for causes that I'm passionate about, um, but that kind of opened that door. So then essentially my, my whole path, my whole career path in my twenties has been trying to find a way to make the things I'm passionate about my job. Um, so since I was so passionate about my food blog and about food, I was like, okay, this must mean I want to open a restaurant. Like I love food. So that's the solution, right? Um, so back in 2012 or 13, my husband, um, then boyfriend, now husband, uh, got a job in Portland. So we, we both grew up in Portland. So we were going to move from Eugene back to Portland. Um, and I decided, okay, I'm going to move with him. And this is going to be my opportunity to find a job working in a restaurant so I can make sure I like it before I go out and open my own. My, my big goal at the time was to open my own restaurant. Um, so I got a job in a restaurant and quickly learned it was not for me as well. Uh, the, <laughs> just because you love food, doesn't mean you want to work in a restaurant. Uh-huh. The, those things are not <laughs> the same. Um, so it, the, it's, it was a, overall a really great experience. It taught me a ton about stress management. It taught me a ton about juggling multiple balls at once. Um, I was a manager at a local restaurant here in Portland. Um, but it was really, really stressful and it was a grind. Uh, so after that, we, uh, my husband decided he wanted to get his master's degree in political science at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. Um, So we moved to South Africa for a year, um, which was really exciting. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be my year where I focus on my food blog full time. Um, And it was so much fun. Uh, I was able to really, really grow my blog. My viewers went up dramatically. I started my first email list and really started to get into the marketing pieces. What's funny though, is I didn't know what I, that what I was doing was marketing at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, these were things that I was doing to promote my blog. Um, but I didn't make the connection that these things that I loved doing for my blog was marketing. Um, but I also started copywriting for, um, other food websites and other food blogs while we were there to make some, um, some extra money so we could travel while we were there. Um, and I found I really loved that as well. Again, didn't make the connection that this was all marketing related and this is a career path that I could potentially be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got back, uh, the restaurant I had been working for hired me back as a restaurant support specialist. So I essentially hand- handled special projects for the restaurant, um, which was a much better fit for me than managing a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so this involved some marketing projects and I 
it finally started to click, oh, marketing is what's exciting for me. I'm getting this now. Um, so that's when I started side hustling in a more official capacity. Um, so I looked for people who would pay me to run their social media accounts um, just on the side, just a few hours a week and started getting my feet wet there. Um, and so again, learning that marketing is this side hustle thing that I'm super passionate about. So I just kept applying for jobs, which was in the, in the digital marketing field, which was challenging because I had no official experience. And so it's like, who's going to take me on? Who's going to take this risk? Um, and a startup here in Portland did. Uh, I had been, it was funny, I had actually been interviewing for a different job, um, had gone five interviews deep, was so excited. It was like literally my dream position. It was essentially food blogging full-time. It was with a marketing agency. Um, so they wanted people who would do food photography for their clients, um, write about the food, et cetera. So to me, it felt like food blogging full-time um, with marketing thrown in there, truly my dream job. And I didn't get the position. It was me and one other girl. And I was devastated, like so unbelievably devastated. But um, a few months later, I applied for another job and the woman who was hiring for that position knew somebody who worked with, uh, with the company that I, where I had been interviewing and, and didn't get the job. And they were like, we almost hired this girl. You should really look at her. Um, and she did, and she hired me. So wow. that turned into, you know, such a great thing. Even though it felt so devastating at the time, um, it was huge. So I got hired um, as a digital marketer for a local startup, and they didn't really have any digital marketing programs in place. I didn't have any experience. So other than side hustling and doing a few things here and there. So I totally built their program from the ground up and really got to build it in my own way. Um, one thing that was an exciting challenge was it's a startup. They don't have a ton of money to play with. Um, so I developed all these systems from scratch. So lots of things that um, marketers would pay for lots of software and things like that, I put together in Excel documents um, and found my own weird bootstrappy way of doing this. Um, so that was really exciting for me. And I got to apply everything that I was learning and everything that I was doing for them to my food blog and vice versa. Um, so I would, or sometimes I would test things out on my blog before applying it to the, to the company's digital marketing efforts. Um, and so those things really got to work together, which was really exciting. Um, so I was there for two years and it is a startup, which means you don't, your life is that startup. That's kind of startup culture. Um, and I am so multi-passionate that that was not working out very well for me because I did want to have time for my food blog. I did want to have time for potentially other clients here and there on the side. And I just didn't. Um, so I was, I was thinking about how I was going to work through this because I really did love my job. It just was turning into not the best fit for me. Uh, and back in December, the debt, the restaurant I had been working for previously reached out to me and said, Hey, we have, um, a part-time marketing position. Would you be interested in taking this? And it was a really big decision for me because it would technically be, um, in some ways a step down, but so much of my free time would be, or so much of my time would be freed up to focus on these other clients. Um, so I took it which was really scary and risky at the time because my husband and I, we've been working on building a home for four years and we were about to finally move into that home um, and our expenses were about to change. Um, but so yeah, I took it and it's been such a great decision and a great thing for me because I have been able to focus on building my side business. Um, I really launched it in an earnest, meaning I like developed a website for it and a way for people to find me um, and to reach out to me. I do marketing training on the side. Um, so I don't manage people's 
um, social media platforms or anything like that, but I teach them how to do it really effectively. I teach them how to run their own digital ads, how to do strategy, uh, goal tracking, things like that. Um, so in some ways it's kind of become my full-time job. And now I'm doing almost entirely digital marketing, um, for this, this restaurant. Uh, so, and it, it's funny to see there's in a way they feel like, um, just another one of my clients. Uh, so it's been, it's been really awesome to have my whole day be something that I'm excited and passionate about doing. That's awesome. It's a really long winded answer to your question. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of good nuggets in there and, and it's easy to kind of simplify it as, you know, here's my eight year journey. Here's how I got from there to here. Um, but you know that on the day to day stuff, there are great days. There are awesome days. And then there are craptastic days where you're like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. So, you know, I want to, I want to talk about the not so nice part about, you know, you think you want to run a restaurant and it smacks you in the face of no chick that ain't happening. What did you do and what enabled you to pivot or to think of an alternative? Yeah. So it was funny because once I did realize it, I was pretty miserable. Um, because when you, when you have those realizations, it's like, okay, but what now? Um, I didn't at the, as I was saying, I didn't know that digital marketing was what I wanted to be doing. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how to translate this love of my blog and this love of food into my career. And I wanted to be happy. Um, and not to mention managing a restaurant, you are working like crazy, like at minimum is 50 hours a week. Generally it's closer to 60. And even if you're not there, you're getting calls, you're worrying because it's a business that's open all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I had to do a lot of reflection. I mean, there were a lot of times when I was, I was just tired and I was like, maybe if I leave, um, just, you know, quit and like, think about this, I can, uh, come up with a better solution, dedicate more time, dedicate more of myself, but that's terrifying. You don't want to just quit your job. You know, you have expenses. It was funny. My parents would constantly be like, Chelsea, chill out find another job first. It's going to be fine. Um, and so it really, but uh, it did end up taking me quitting in a way when we moved to South Africa for me to really realize and focus, um, on what I wanted to be doing. And, you know, it's, it's funny too, because I'm, so I'm very, very close with my parents and, um, talking to them, you know, the, the, a lot of times, uh, our older generations have more of the opinion of you don't need to love your job. It's just a job. But I really, really wanted to love my job. Yeah. Where do you think that difference came from? Like it, it's a generation apart, but we're so different from our parents. Yeah. I, you know, I have no idea. My dad has always been such a big inspiration for me because he didn't love his job and he wanted to find a way out. And he did. He actually retired technically when he was 35. Um, because he started buying property in the, it was funny. So in the eighties and nineties, he started buying property in the Portland area. And back then Portland w was not what it is now. Like yeah. it, the areas where he was buying apartments were not desirable areas to live at all. And now they're some of the most desirable areas in the city, which is incredible. Um, and so he, but he worked his butt off to figure out a way to be able to leave his job. Um, and that mentality has always been such a source of inspiration to me. And it's like, even when you get discouraged, even when you're miserable, find some piece, find something within yourself to keep trying, to keep looking, to keep trying to find that solution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that's kind of 
what I've gone back to there. But, but I mean, even then though, his solution was not to find a job that he was passionate about. It was to stop working, (laughs) which is another solution in and of itself. But yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting because I mean, you're on Instagram all the time, I'm Mm -hmm. on Instagram all the time. And we see all of these, like make six figures in six weeks. Look at me bling it. I did this take my master class and you'll get this way too. So, I mean, you do digital marketing, you know, the truth behind it. I mean, what does it actually take to build a lucrative business by yourself? Oh, it's, it's an unbelievable grind. Um, even like, so for, I, all of my clients are either, um, startups or entrepreneurs. So these are people who are starting from scratch, um, which is, you know, what I thrive on. That's why I work with them is because I think it's so exciting and I'm like, let's build this, let's do it. But it takes so much time, so much effort and so much energy. Even, um, so this year has been, my big focus has been Instagram. Um, and I've had a really exciting year for me. This, this may not sound, um, super big to a lot of people, but I grew my Instagram this year so far from 500 followers to over 2000. Um, and it's just been from, trying different things, throwing different things at the wall, but so much time and so much brain power. Um, digital marketing is tricky because it's literally changing. It changes every single day. Um, Snapchat was the thing for so long and it's died, but now they're kind of making a resurgence. And there's all these things that could, what was the social media platform that almost started to get legs? I don't even remember back in the spring. So many of them. Yes. And I'm, every time one pops up as a digital marketer, I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't want to learn you. And then I usually get over that and I'm like, okay, I'll learn you. And then it's exciting and fun. Um, but it is so challenging in this, in to build a business, um, digitally today, but digital is so important. Um, it's not something that can be ignored. Uh, you know, traditional marketing is a lot of grassrootsy things. It's a lot of being present in the stores and all of those things are really important and that hasn't changed. You've just added digital marketing on top of all that. Um, so it is, it is really, really challenging. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of authenticity. It takes a lot of being in the platforms and engaging with people and seeing what they're passionate about. So what are you passionate about most? Let's see. I, it's funny. So when I took this job, um, that I took most recently to free up my time, I really thought it would be to build, um, this, this, this business where I'm doing digital marketing training. And that has been some of my time, but I found myself drawn so much more to food and my food blog and things like that. And it's, and it, it's so funny because over these eight years, that's always been what I come back to. That's always been the source of my passion. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what, the next steps are for that, how I'm building that. And so, as you mentioned earlier, I'm totally obsessed with sous vide. Um, and I'm convinced it's going to be this thing that people hopefully come to love, um, or at least so I'm going to people, make them. If yeah. you don't know what it is, what is it? So sous vide is a method of cooking where you um, essentially place what you'd like to cook. For me, the things I cook most often are things like steak, pork chops, seafood. Um, you put them in a bag, a plastic bag, and you put that bag into water and you get something called an uh, immersion circulator. Um, so it's just this thing that circulates water and keeps it at a perfect temperature 
for however long you need it to be kept there. Um, so you literally can't overcook food. I come from, my dad is a hunter and a fisherman. So I come um, from a family where we grew up eating a lot of meat and seafood. And I've learned the importance of not overcooking it. There's nothing worse you can do to a great steak than overcook it. And so this thing, you literally can't overcook it. I will cook something for between two and four hours and it's beautiful. It's perfect. Um, so I am super excited about this because it's a foolproof method. So if you're new to cooking, um, this is really exciting because if you're scared of cooking something like seafood, seafood is expensive. Mm -hmm. If you buy it and then you mess it up, like what a waste. That's so anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you don't enjoy it and then you don't want to go back and cook it again. So I love this because it can help give people a little bit more confidence. Um, so my little, um, set, my other, one of my other side projects right now is I'm attempting to write my first ever cookbook and self publish it. Um, and it's all sous vide focused. Uh, so my goal, we'll see if it actually happens, is to have it done and launched by the end of October in time for Black Friday. Because um, yeah, my thinking is people might be buying some sous vides uh, over the holidays this year. Do you have a goal surrounding the book and its launch? Um, right. <laughs> TBD still working on it. Um, I'm still learning about the world of self-publishing. When I was first, um, when I first had this idea, this brainchild, I was like, okay, do I do traditional publishing or self-publishing? And I reached out to some of my favorite cookbook authors to ask them what they thought. And they amazingly responded. Uh, one thing I've learned over the years, um, when I'm afraid to do something or when I don't know a lot about it, if you reach out to people you admire, a lot of times they do get back to you and they're so helpful. Um, and they can kind of inspire you to do it or give you the little last bit of courage that you need to do something exciting. Um, and so one of my favorite, um, cookbook authors, she's the author of well-fed. Um, her name is Melissa Joulon. I might be pronouncing her last name wrong. Um, she got back to me. She self-published all of her books. She told me why she did it. And I was like, okay, this is, this is the route for me. It's, it's so hard to get a literary agent. It's expensive. This is more of a side project for me. And I don't totally know what I'm doing yet. Um, so that's why I chose to go that route. So I need to set some goals for myself, but honestly, I haven't yet. Um, it, at this point, it's a big experiment <laughs> that I'm yeah. hoping is successful. Well, speaking of self-teaching, I self-taught myself the entire self-publishing. Oh, yeah, because your book is done, but you self-published yeah, as well? I did. And actually, okay. today I get the physical proofs in the mail. Ah, that's so yeah. exciting. So it, the biggest thing was that there are so many resources on YouTube and forums and things like that and asking people that I think we've made it way too complicated in our heads than what mm -hmm. it actually is. And the fact that you already have amazing pictures and you're <laughs> naturally a copywriter, really all you need is a designer or a proofreader. Yep. And luckily for me, um, one of my really close friends is a graphic designer who's brilliant. And so she's creating a template for me to drop everything in there. Um, and then yet yeah, my last step, I'm actually looking, uh, to hire somebody to proofread all my recipes and all that stuff. Hey, if you're interested, reach out to me. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it, so that's why I was asking, are there specific goals? Because once you have the intention behind it, then you're just working backwards of like, where are those actionable and date specific benchmarks oh. that you want to make? And who do you need to bring in? What resources outside of you? Like if your passion is not around it, if you're not amped up to do it, then definitely delegate away because the amount of time and energy you save by doing that, the investment pays back in dividends. 
Totally. Yes. Yeah. As sorry, I totally misunderstood your question. I have a list of um, date goals. So fingers crossed. Um, and then I've uh, one um, woman I found. One thing I've loved over the past couple of years that's developed is all these Facebook groups. Um, I have found so many people to hire through these Facebook groups. And I found this um, amazing woman for a client that I have right now who's going to be helping me with some of the copywriting. Um, I'm a great copywriter when I can sit down and focus on one thing at once. Um, but if I'm doing a ton of batch copywriting, I get boring and sloppy. <laughs> um, and this woman is really good at... Um, bringing copy to life, which is super exciting. So when I'm like writing one blog post, I can do a great job. But if I'm writing a ton of content for this book, for example, I know I can get a little bit sloppy. Um, so I'm hiring her because she um, has a really, really great voice. And I know she'll keep me in check with like, hey, this is boring. You can do better here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, the best thing. I, I see a lot of times people go to their friends or they go to family and all they're looking for is the validation and they're not actually looking for constructive feedback on what's going to make it better. Totally. So I think that's mm -hmm. awesome that you have that. Um, I, I can't wait to see it. I'm just, I'm excited. I like, I like pictures and I like things that are easy, but actually that was my suggestion to you is if you went back to your followers or to the people who already subscribed to your newsletter and asked them, if I made a cookbook, what would you want to see in it? Yep. Yeah. I, um, yes. I favorite recipe. Yes. I think that, oh, I think I should have done a better job of that. Um, cause I kind of mostly just looked like, is sous vide becoming a thing? And so I've been working backwards from that point because that was something I realized. So I've been talking about it a ton, um, on my social media platforms and been trying to introduce it more on my blog and talk about why I love it and things like that. And then prime day was earlier this week. Um, so I was like, Hey, if you want to sous vide, now is the time it's like, it was, I think it was 70 bucks. It's usually 135. Um, I was like, go buy one now. And a ton of people that follow me actually went and got one because they've, you know, seen what I was doing and were excited about experimenting with it. And I was like, yay, I'm getting some traction here. And hopefully, you know, when I do launch this thing, they'll want to buy my, buy my cookbook because they're interested in sous vide now, but fingers crossed. That's awesome. So I, I have to have the standard questions that I ask everybody and you've listened to the show, so you know, but what is your Spitfire superpower? So I've been thinking about this actually. Um, and I think it's my ability to get excited about new projects, um, which is both a blessing and a curse, but it's really good for me because when I dive into something, um, I have so much energy surrounding it and so many fun ideas. One of my favorite um, activities is brainstorming. I love to just sit down, good brainstorm. It's even better if there's other people in the room and throw every single fun idea at the wall and see what sticks. Um, and I can usually put so much energy into something like that. I can see the project coming to life and that is super exciting for me. It's one of my favorite things about being a side, being a side hustler. Awesome. And what would you say is your kryptonite? I think it's this is some, this is something I've been struggling with more as I've gotten older. And I think it's because I've been taking more on, uh, it's being unable to predict and overwhelm coming on. Um, I will take on a thousand things cause I am so excited about each and every one of them. And for some reason I can never see it. And I'll just hit a wall where I'm like, Whoa, I am way too overwhelmed. I've taken too much on. I feel trapped. What do I do from here? Um, and so it's something that I'm, I'm still learning to avoid. Um, luckily I have 
an incredible husband who's like, you need to chill for a minute. Why don't you just set that laptop down? We'll get a glass of wine. We'll watch something stupid on Netflix. And you know, it's all going to be fine. You can come back to this tomorrow. And he's really good at helping me work through that. But I need to get better at seeing that overwhelm before I hit it. Yeah. I, I can't wait for you to read the book that I'm releasing because it talks about the key portions of being a spitfire of having that power. And the biggest piece is self-care and the mind body connection of like understanding, like first your body will whisper, then it will talk, then it will scream. And then it will shake you to the point where you can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where overwhelm is in between the talk and the scream. But usually there are signs of the whisper, but when we're in this motion of doing and going and being, then we forget about the reflection. And we yep. get to be a little patient with ourselves to actually assess, is this good for me? How is this working for me? How do I want to shape this and get back in the driver's seat rather than the passenger of just producing? Yes. Yep. That's literally exactly what I need to be working on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all do. And, and I, I share the same, the same ill, the kryptonite of like, I need to be doing and going. And like the last year of, of focusing on this book has been like the wake up call of like, yo chick, you're giving people advice and you're not following it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had like a couple of weeks ago, I had a full on panic attack because of that go fix do mentality that just knocked me on my butt when I couldn't. Yep. Yeah. That sounds exactly like what I'm experiencing. So I'm really excited to read that part of your book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all part of it. And I think every entrepreneur has the shoulds and the expectations that it's like, if you're not, if you're not doing, if you're not producing, you're not good enough. What yes. Could, what could you be doing? And sometimes the answer is to just rest. Totally. And I think um, one thing I've been struggling with that I need to get over is, um, so I was lucky enough to take on some um, higher, I was a manager right when I graduated from college. So I was always perceived as this like young person in this more advanced role, which was always really something I loved. Um, and as I'm getting older now, I'm like, which I'm, I'm 27, (laughs) but I always feel this. I should be doing more. I should have accomplished more by now. I'm behind. How do I catch up? Um, and just really appreciating what I have accomplished and where I am at now and looking at where I can move forward without, um, feeling this weird sense of urgency because of my age or because whatever it might be behind it. I swear we have the same, like same story. <laughs> I became an executive director at 22 mm-hmm. and like was put on this trajectory. I was like, what the hell is happening? I mean, I like it, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then at 31, I woke up of like, this is not what I want to do. And mm-hmm. now at 34, I'm like, okay, I have my own company, but financially I'm not where I was. Mm-hmm. But I have everything on paper, not even on paper, but everything inside of me, like every box is getting checked off of actually working for myself and doing things on my terms. So it's, you said the word should, and that is like the word where the alarm bells go off because none of that stuff has anything to do with you. Totally. It, yep. And I, I really, external. yes, it really is. And I, the thing is too, like, I'm so happy with where I'm at too. So I'd really love to be able to just chill out and enjoy it. So I actually have, um, I'm going to show it to you, but the people who are listening are not going to see it. Um, so I make art for myself and this is my, you see that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's my daily reminder. So for everyone listening, it says chill the fuck out because I need to be reminded on a daily basis to do that. Um, so whether you need a visual cue, whether you need a mantra or an intention set for the day, I highly recommend it. 
I absolutely love that. Yep. That's, that's what I need to be repeating to myself. every single day. I'll paint you one. I'll ship you one. Yay. (laughs) I love that. I have an office now in my new house and it would look beautiful in there. So if you had to give our listeners one solid piece of advice or a life tip, what would it be? Say when you get stuck, throw something new at the wall, try something else. Um, it's, it's really hard to do that, especially when you're feeling discouraged. Um, but every single time I've shaken things up a bit, for example, with my Instagram account this year, I was discouraged where my followers were at. So I totally changed the colors that I'm using. This is a really like, um, superficial example, but I, I changed up everything and it totally worked. Um, and just, and through my career, journey through my twenties, anytime I felt stuck, anytime I felt discouraged, changing things up and trying something new until you found the thing that worked. Um, so just keep trying. Awesome. Keep Mm -hmm. trying. Yes. So if people want to learn more about you, get their hands on this cookbook that's coming, where should they go? Yeah. So my blog is a ducksoven.com. And just to make sure you're understanding it, that's a and then duck is in like the bird ducks oven. Um, and I'm also a ducks oven on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere else. Fantastic. We will have all of those links in the show notes. And once the cookbook is available, we're going to add it back in. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> well, Chelsea, thank you so much for being courageous, being a spitfire and sharing your story uh, with all of our listeners. And for all of the spitfires out there, keep being awesome. <laughs>